It says uh, recording. It says, says recording. Okay. So first, this isn't the way I was hoping to meet. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, thank you for your time. Um, I know we talked about, I don't know if you saw the podcast we recorded on Saturday where, uh, where James popped in with us for a little bit. Yeah, I did. And I, you know, obviously this isn't how I thought we'd meet either, but uh, <laughs> crazy times. I think people are getting more um, used to seeing people on screens and through uh, teleconference type settings. So yeah, one more way of doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know, you know I'm an on-the-road sales guy and I can't go see my customers. So yeah, it's uh, strange times. But uh, yeah, you know, we, we kind of got the... Um, kind of the overall from James on, on uh, this, the Saturday one. I just wanted to get, uh, you know, being a U.S.-based punk, and I know um, we're trying to incorporate more U.S. info into the British News podcast. And uh, so just kind of looking for, um, you know, if you can give us like a, you know, 30,000-foot view of what's going on in the States, how you guys are dealing with it, um, if there's anything coming up, what we can do as punks to, to help, um, other than live in Ohio, <laughs> um, but you know, just kind of open up the floor to you to kind of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, first I want to say thank you for, for reaching out and asking to have this conversation. Really appreciate that. Um, but obviously a lot has changed in the last two and a half weeks. And I think if you'd asked anyone um, anywhere, if this is what the world would look like, no one would have um, been able to <laughs> predict it or, or very few at least. Um, the impacts at BrewDog USA were dramatic and pretty immediate. Uh, when the orders came through to close bars and restaurants uh, the next morning, and we obviously were looking at it over the weekend when it was a possibility, but we knew very quickly that our goal was making sure that our business was going to be here when all of this was over. And, and the right. biggest part of that challenge was we don't know when, still today, when it's going to end. I think we're starting to have some ideas that it could be in June, um, but that's not for sure. And why we acted so swiftly is, listen, if we knew this this was going to be a two-week, one-month thing, you know, we would have really kept the status quo and told everyone to hang tight, but we just didn't know. And, yeah. you know, we owed it to our team. We owed it to our equity punks and our investors to make sure that this business was going to be here at the end of this. And, you know, just to share a bit about our economics, um, about 50% of our revenue comes from our bars. And a lot of people are surprised to hear that because we distribute beer so broadly across 15 states, but our bars do really well and yeah. they're high volume. Um, and uh, just the margins work better on that front for yep. us for a number of reasons. So when that was turned off, you know, closing the bars and restaurants immediately was a 50% uh, impact to our revenue. Uh, then when we looked at our distribution side, uh, there's the off-premise grocery chain independence piece. And then there's the on-premise bar and restaurant piece. Well, of that 50% of distribution, uh, you know, 40 to 50% of that was the on-premise bar and restaurant distribution. And that was gone overnight. Yeah. They were forced to close as well. So we were looking at, you know, roughly 30% of our revenue being in place. And if we didn't change our cost structure quickly, uh, we weren't setting ourselves up to be here. 
So right. we made the, the very difficult decision um, to put about 70% of our team on a force reduction of hours. And that classification is important because it allows people to both seek unemployment and keep the health insurance that they had through BrewDog ah, okay. we to make sure that we were at a minimum able to do that. And, uh, you know, the reason we did that so quickly is we want to make sure that we have jobs for people when this is all said and done. And if we paid people for two to four weeks, but then they didn't have a job at the end of it, were we really doing um, everyone a, a service long-term right by acting swiftly. We also hopefully were able to position people to um, be first in line for the government resources that were available. At least that was the thought process, a huge, huge credit to our team. Um, in light of those difficult conversations, uh, they were understanding, they were respectful. They were, um, really amazing partners in, in light of the difficult message being communicated and um, just a, a huge thank you to our team members who this is impacting the most, who, who are on those force reduction, reduction of hours. Um, you know, that's kind of the rallying cry for yeah. those of us that are still here. Like we're here for them um, so that we have a business to come back to when this is all behind us. Yeah. And that's, you know, I know a lot of people were were kind of unhappy that people were let go so quickly. But like you were saying, is this going to be a month? Is it going to be six months? And if you don't know, you gotta you gotta do the drastic thing now. So hopefully, in six months, you know, if you paid everybody for two months in the last four, there's nothing left to continue. So yeah, it's that really really hard decision to make to yeah. to try to keep it solvent at the end. Totally, and uh, you know, I think there's a like we want to make sure we're being really transparent as to why. And I guess to go a level yeah. where, um, you know, the brewery in the States opened in 2017. We're, we're three years old at this point. Um, this facility for, for people who have been here and, and for people who haven't, uh, it was built to scale. It was not built as a startup brewery. It was built yeah. so that five years down the road, um, we would be able to produce what we're hoping to sell. Well, what that means is year one, year two, year three, um, we were not profitable. Um, by the end of year three last year, from an EBITDA standpoint, we were, but we still need cash from our parent company to fuel and fund this business. Right. Well, part of how we're looking at the world right now is this isn't a U.S. problem. This is a global problem. And, you know, we we can't just look to the UK to say, okay, well, we need more money now. Like they're having this problem. Uh, you know, if we're yeah. having this problem, they're a 10 times bigger business. They're having it 10 times what we're seeing. So yeah. not only did we have to make decisions quickly because of how the world had changed, but our funding source, they're dealing with the same problems and we needed to make sure we weren't relying on them because uh, they're going through this, in a very big way, not just in the UK, but throughout Europe, throughout Asia, in Australia. Uh, and we needed to make sure that we were being as self-sufficient as possible. Um, and, and that was part of our thought process as well. Yeah. The, the, the global scale of this, I think, is one of the things that makes it so unprecedented. It is, you know, it's not one territory, one region. It's absolutely everywhere and everything, um, which is odd. But yeah. Um, so, 
you know, what can we do to help? Um, I know you guys are doing uh, beer delivery locally in the Columbus area. I yeah, know that's actually, um, that was something, you know, bars were ordered closed on a Sunday by Tuesday, we were delivering beer. So it came together really quickly. Um, last week and, and the way that we're doing that for those that don't know, currently it's Columbus based. We actually just had a conversation this morning because of the success we're having with it. You know, do we want to start doing that based out of all of our locations once this is behind us? So Cincinnati, Indy, Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. Columbus, um, that's something that we're spending some time on and definitely looking at. Uh, it's been really successful for us. Uh, last week, because it runs through our online store, um, it was our biggest online sales week in the U.S. ever. And that wow. was on the back of the delivery piece. Um, you know, our online business is relatively small, especially because of how convoluted and how much red tape exists on selling alcohol across state lines in the U.S. Yes. Um but, I mean, it was bigger than uh, our holiday weeks, our Black Friday week. Uh, it was something that was really, really awesome to see uh, just how many people were supporting us. So if you are able to support us online, that's awesome. Uh, if not, we're working on changing it, but the, the laws uh, aren't any less complicated <laughs> than they used to be, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I think uh, just continued engagement online, uh, even if uh, – you know, you aren't able to buy online, but if it's sharing our story, sharing some of the things that we're doing, um, we um, had some requests to produce canned water from some retailers here. So we pretty quickly um, went through the process of how we could do that, changes we need to make, cans, labeling, packaging, uh, things that we weren't set up to do. And right. last week we shipped out our first uh, truck of water to our Columbus distributor. This week we have one going to the Cleveland distributor. Um, we're not doing this as a profitability, uh, profit making, mm -hmm. uh, taking advantage of, of the situation. We're really doing it at cost. Uh, we are also providing pallets to a homeless shelter and a food pantry that could use it as well. So making sure we're, you know, uh, providing it to people who need it. Uh, those yeah. are stories that we want to make sure that we're telling because um, not not just to get credit for it, but uh, if there are other businesses or people that are able to think about things differently and help people who are in need now, uh, you know, the world needs it. Not just actually doing those things, but I think those stories uh, are helpful and needed because if you turn on the news, uh, it's it's hard to find some glimmers of hope. And yeah. Uh, when we start putting those stories out there, sharing them on our behalf, um, because we, we wouldn't be able to do any of what we do without our equity punk community. Um, you know, it's not just a, something that we're doing. It's something that our entire community is is doing and we're able to do because yep. of it. Yep. So, um, so you're still working on trying to get other states so you can ship to other states. Is that work? Is that work continuing through this or is that all kind of been sidelined where I concentrate on, you know, keeping the business solvent because, you know, being in Wisconsin, I can't, I can get four of the beers. And I know a lot of the States, it's pretty much the four main beers we can get. Um, but for me, it wasn't bad because I'm on the road. So I'm in Indy and Cincy and the dog tap all the time. So it's easy for me to be on the road and pick up beers, but you know, is there progress being made on wider distribution, wider shipping? 
Yeah, so uh, one of the things that we're doing in this strange time is we're making sure that all of our applications to grow from a footprint standpoint, we're continuing down that path. Uh, how we expand distribution within states is something that we're continuing to work on. Uh, because cider is um, really classified more like wine than beer, just because of how laws work, mm -hmm. uh, we're looking at having that available on a broader base as well for people who like the, the Hawks Bay cider. So we're very much um, continuing down that path, in, even in a faster way than we were. Not that we're going to rush to open up every market, because being really strategic in how you do that determines whether you're going to be successful for that long term, right. but all the paperwork and the red tape that we have to work through to position ourselves to do it, we're doing in a faster way so that we're positioned to, to um, grow once this is all behind us. You know, something else we just, we don't know yet is um, how this is going to impact the craft community in a larger way. I mean, it, it's, yeah so many craft breweries are, are so dependent on their tap rooms and that's just the economic and financial model that they're built on. It's been really hard for them now. And you know, how are we going to be able to support them when things open back up and, you know, are, are all of them going to even be there? And I think that's a huge question mark now. So yeah, you know, I know support craft breweries out in the world and there might be some needs to fill because this was just too hard on some of them. Yeah. I know we've seen some of that locally where, you know, tap rooms are closed. So a lot of them are doing growler fills, you know, and things, but even some of those, um, they're doing less of that because it's just, they can only do so much of that because they're not set up to do that. You know, like a lot of the restaurants that are doing carry out only, they're struggling. They're doing some work, but it's still, it's never going to meet the, the end of what they need every month. So it's a lot of them are doing it as a stopgap, but how long they can continue that and be, be solvent at the end. Yeah. That's the, the big question. There are so many crap breweries out there now that are, you know, small little rooms that make really good beer, but you know, nobody, a company like that doesn't have the capital to withstand a, a financial hit like this. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, if we didn't have here a canning line that was built outside of our day one capacity, I mean, we have a really, really amazing canning line here that can pump out a lot of volume. A lot of people don't have that. And like yeah. that is our lifeline right now. If we were not able to supply to grocery and that demand wasn't there, like we'd be, we'd be in real trouble. And uh, you know, it, if we didn't have a larger parent company that was able to make that investment, we wouldn't have it. And, and most craft brewers don't. So, yep. um, yeah, I think what the landscape's going to look like coming out of this, there, there are a lot of unknowns. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, see what else, um, AGM still looking, you guys talking about the AGM in August still. We are, uh, what that's going to be is, is yeah. a question mark. I think there's a couple pieces. One, um, just financially where we're going to be at and, and how we do that. We need just to make sure we're um, being responsible. So uh, that's not to say that we're not doing it. I think we are, uh, or we are, I should say, take out the, I think it's how we're going to do it and what it's going to look like that we're starting to think about. Um, so yes, we're still aiming to that point in time, but the other unknown for us is 
even if the restrictions on where people can be change is the mindset. Are people going to want to be in a setting with 5,000 other people or is that not going to be something that people are as open to? We, we don't know. Right. I don't think right. the answer to that. So, you know, one of the things that we're making sure we do as we have conversations and, and they were really put on hold in a pretty dramatic way a few weeks ago, uh, we're just starting to get back to it because, you know, August will be here before we know it. Any commitments from vendors, from, from talent, like they almost have to be done in a refundable type way because yeah. we want to plan into it. But if it ends up not happening at the scale that we hope, um, we just want to make sure we're not locked into anything. So, you know, the types of conversations we're having, how we're going about them, that's all changing because we're just not sure where people's mindsets are going to be, even if the restrictions are gone. So, but we're still working on it and we're still um, driving towards the August 22nd date. Yep. Okay. Um, I know uh, somebody asked you about Jet Black Heart. Is that going to stay? Is that going to go away? Because I know, aren't they switching over to Zombie Cake? Or are we going to keep Jet Black? The current plans are to keep Jet Blackheart. It's my uh, personal favorite. So I'm going to fight that battle for, the, <laughs> for those who uh, want it to be fought as well. But uh, yeah, that is currently uh, part of our range plan for the foreseeable future. Okay. Any other new beers in the, in the works? I know, is there another Overworks coming out sometime soon? So um, part of how we had to restructure a few weeks ago, um, we uh, actually closed our pilot brew kit because okay. um, the pilot really fueled two things, innovation um, and, and providing really cool, great beers to our bars. And with the bars being closed and with Makes us getting to tighten our belts, it was just something that we needed to put on hold for a period of time. So um, we're not actively um, producing any um, beers outside of our core. Um, Makes sense. There's a couple that were in the works that we're going to release in the coming weeks um, that hopefully we'll be able to uh, get out in the marketplace through our dog tap carryout and through delivery and through e-commerce where we're able to sell it. Um, but it's one of the areas of the business that we've had to really uh, tighten up because um, just the the way that our sales were looking and the channels that existed, they're really focused around our, our core brands. And Makes sense. Uh, that's where we are today. Now, we still have plans when we get back to normal of opening that back up and uh, a lot of cool things in the works, but um, a lot changed on that front. I guess another piece of, you know, what we were doing behind the scenes um, from an AF standpoint, from a non-alcoholic standpoint, you know, we had invested in a pasteurizer that was delivered right when all of this craziness started. So that's currently being installed. So there, there are definitely some AF uh, lines and, and, scaling the AF piece that we're going to want to hit the ground running on when we come out of this uh, that we've been waiting on some equipment for, and, and that's currently being installed. So we're excited about that uh, once we get through this strange time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think if there was any other questions I had. Yeah. I was mostly just going to get your viewpoint. So when you first started for, cause you started in December or January, late December. Yeah. So 
<laughs> not quite the uh, start you thought. <laughs> I was like, oh, poor Jason. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm uh, very fortunate that um, there's an amazing team here. Uh, you know, I, I was loving working with them before all of this. And uh, in a strange way, this is a type of event or a crisis that brings a team together faster and, and further than I think would have happened otherwise. So yeah. uh, obviously we're feeling and hurting for our team who isn't actively working, but for those of us who are here trying to keep things moving, keep the lights on, keep our future intact, this has been a moment where we've really come together in a way that I'm incredibly proud to be a part of. And it speaks to this team and uh, who they were before I got here and who they are and who they continue to be today. Yeah, you know, speaking on behalf of all punks, and I will. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to, I want to thank you. I want to thank the, you know, the Brewdog team and the staff and James and Martin uh, and everybody else for what they've done um, for this community. Because yeah, I mean, we've been doing online chats with people in the UK. We'll sit around and drink beer for three or four hours in a Zoom on a Saturday or Sunday, and uh, we've been having sour Sundays. So yeah, we just we just sit around in front of Zoom and talk about life and drink Brewdog beers and and that wouldn't have happened without Brewdog. You know, it's uh, we say we, we came for the beer, we stayed for the family. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to make sure I, I thank you um, and thank you for your time today. And uh, for sure, thank you for doing what you do and for uh, speaking on behalf of uh, Equity Punks. And um, you know, it's something that uh, I was really. It's so unique to BrewDog, having this community of uh, ambassadors and evangelists that uh, champion what we do and, and support it in so many ways. Um, it's been really, really awesome to be a part of that. You know, as a equity punk myself, uh, you know, I'm learning more and more about that um, from being on this side of things. And, um, you know, we, we do a lot of what we do for that community. And it's one of the drivers on, you know, making sure we continue to be here at the end of this, uh, that community was a huge part of that. So, yeah. um, thank you guys for your support. We've got some things that, uh, over the coming weeks, we we're not quite ready to make those asks, but, um, some ways that we think you could help us, um, grow the business, uh, get the word out there that we're excited to get back to uh, making those announcements and, and putting those plans out there. 